0: History happened everywhere. The verdict. This is our after show podcast where we look back at the most recent episode, Abracadabra, in the Northern Hemisphere during 24 hours. So if you haven't listened to
1: that, go back and check it out, or else you will run into spoilers ahead. Finsbury Park backwards is crappy rub sniff. I'm here in the studio with the
0: delicious Bourbon biscuit to my lovely cup of tea, the magical Ryan Weir. Hello, everyone. I am rather chocolatey. I'm not sure how to take that. Uh, <laughs> but as the chocolate biscuit, you would be the first to disappear in a meeting. That's what I think. <laughs> and we're joined as ever by that damnable didgery don't, the judge, <laughs> Paul Dursley.
1: I think I'm more of a custard cream.
0: yeah pink wafer a pink wafer (laughs) is the delicious snack that disappears in your mouth
1: jammy dodger then no that's pete (laughs) if anyone's a jammy dodger it's pete
0: (laughs) a commonal garden biscuit (laughs) anyway on with the podcast uh and i have to be honest i had the men in black round this week and they flashed me with their thing and i've entirely forgotten what we talked about last week oh no they did that again again well i don't know did they do
2: that before (laughs) (laughs) well look maybe i could help you out if you could but make it snappy if you would yeah what 60 seconds i could definitely do that when do you want me to do it off you go for episode 49, we took a look at the bustling, rainy top half of the planet and told some stories about magical things that happened there within a 24-hour window. We discovered the ancient origins of how we ended up with a 24-hour day. We discovered the ancient origins of how we ended up saying the magical words abracadabra, which was basically as a placebo for some pretty awful illnesses. Uh, talking of which, we discovered the horrific origins of the medieval disease known as the sweats, which saw victims succumb to 24 hours of grueling illness before dying in a puddle of their own sweat we discovered the ancient origins of the meaty snack grilled on a stick the deliciously mighty kebab we met some modern escapologists whose dangerous stagecraft wowed and horrified audiences and finally we ended with a song the number 90 greatest song of all time in fact it's abracadabra by the steve miller band This week's episode done, summarised nicely, nice one son, now we're over to a young Dursley who's gonna tell you what he thought of thee? he'll take you apart without any care, he's the lovely Paul Dursley, the lovely Paul Dursley.
0: Ah uh, yes, it's all come flooding back. Thank you, Vine. That was very helpful. So first impressions, Judge Dursley, how did you feel about the episode? It was all over the place. It was all over the place. Well it was half over the place, I would argue.
1: Yeah, in the in the top half. <laughs> Ah, that's, that's the first thing I need to pick you up on. That's purely subjective. Oh, really? How come? Well, whether it's the top or the bottom half, it doesn't matter. It's arbitrary. It's just, as we're all Northern supremacists, we always put North at the top. We do, yeah, because it's called the North. Isn't that generally where the North is? Everyone knows North is up. Well, the f- the first thing that stuck in my mind that I challenged to myself, and by the way, I had I had to take a, a mouth pastille after this episode. I shouted at the radio so much. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth of <for> steel. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm terribly sorry that you had to shout at the radio so much. Well, it, it was very interesting because <laughs> you said that the ratio of land in the northern and southern hemispheres was two to one. And you gave those figures and they didn't ring true to me. Okay. And I did the sums and they were right. <gasps> Dun dun dun. I, I I was surprised too. Well, I'm surprised that you're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's the audience at large is sitting there cheering and going, oh, I didn't see that coming.
1: But one thing is interesting, the population density, therefore, is the same in the northern and the southern hemispheres. Because they have 10% of the land and 10% of the population. Oh, I ah, see. Oh, that's a, good that's point. a
2: really good way of looking at it, yeah. But it's interesting though, isn't it? Because I always consider the equator. We think of the equator being around the middle of the planet. Which it is. Uh, which it is. But but not when it comes to land. I think it's because because there's kind of a big gap. At the, when you
0: see a map, a classic mm-hmm. aligned map in the way we're accustomed to, there's a, a bit sort of a gap at the bottom and there isn't a gap at the top, so everything's yes. a bit shifted up. Um, so if you ask me to draw a line, I draw a line probably somewhere in the middle of the land masses exactly. rather than the whole map.
1: Right. Yes, yeah. it's, it's to do with uh, Southern Ocean, isn't it? Because there's just nothing there, so it's effectively chopped off. It was one of those things that when I was researching,
2: I was just doing generic searches first, right? 24 hour magic, you know, in the world. <laughs> Let's just see. Um, and I had to check each country that was coming up. I'm like, is this in the north? Is this in the south? Like, it's really hard to get, especially when you get to that. Well, sort of uh, here is an
1: interesting one. What about Colombia?
2: Oh, is this going to be one of those ones where it's a bit in the north and a bit in the south?
1: It, yeah, it's made, it's virtually, it's something like 99.99% in the north. And there is one tiny little bit in the south. I would like to
2: go and do one of those things where they have like the line on the floor and you can stand on one foot in the north and one foot in the south.
1: But Why don't you just go to Greenwich then?
2: But that's east and west, right? That's not north and south. Yes. I want a, I want a foot in the north and I want a foot in the south. So presumably there is a location in which all four converge. Yeah, I guess so. Well, it's it's off the bite of Bonnie. The bite of Bonnie. What's that?
1: Where is that? Well, it's where the equator and the prime region intersect.
2: Sure. Uh, give me more of a geolocatory country, answer. Answer, for example. <laughs> it's, in
1: the, it's in the bite of Bonnie. Do you just not know? Is the answer? <laughs> yes, I do know. I can tell you exactly where it is. It's in the bit where the African bulge stops. Okay on on
2: the on the left hand side and the west. Yes. Okay we're looking at the map now we are yeah. <laughs> i'm looking so
1: right you've got a sticky out bit of
2: africa that sticks out so on the it's left just hand
1: just side. below that
0: in the sea in the sea yes it's in the sea oh, well there's your problem ryan you're going to have to find a boat to take you out there okay
2: interesting so there is a place where all four align
1: i think surely- there's actually a weather boy at that location zero degrees east zero degrees north uh, surely there
2: must be the equivalent on the other side as well though there is and I just suddenly thought North and south will have those as well <laughs> you just go to the North Pole uh, yeah. easy easy
0: <laughs>
1: just, get, just, just go, to, go the... to the North Pole another <laughs> simple solution from Ryan <laughs> mush but every, everywhere is south at the North Pole what
2: uh, how is that surely everything is north at the North
1: Pole oh, everywhere Ooh. is south at the North Pole you can't go north at the North Pole can you oh I see what if you jump? yeah if i take a ladder that's not north is it Uh, oh yeah (laughs) well north has no meaning at the north pole it's like it's like the start at the north pole you walk a mile south a mile east and a mile north you're back where you started yeah is that
2: not the case where i just stand now if i just went for a walk
1: no because if you walked a mile south and then a mile east and a mile north you'd be a mile away
2: oh yeah good point So talk to me about the tilt of the Earth. Why does the Earth tilt?
1: Well, what? <laughs> it's not 100% certain why the Earth tilt. It may, it may, may be to do with the moon. Um, okay. But first of all, you used the wrong word. You used the word rotation, all which right. is to do with the length of a day, whereas you were effectively talking about a year, which is an orbit. That was one of your errors. Do you oh, want no, me to no, keep no. a running total of the errors around? No, no, that's fine.
2: <laughs> I see you sitting there scribbling away. So
1: it's <laughs> fine. Well, I thought I thought was the impact that produced the moon probably twisted the earth off the orbit it's what it's about 23 and a half degrees isn't it so that's quite a lot though the moon's quite a big chunk to fall off as well isn't it yeah, I suppose so uh, and so that's very useful for the planet you know because by it having those seasons it allows for a temperature distribution across across the planet and the moon itself actually acts as a break on that whereas if you get certain planets like the funniest planet in the solar system where its northern hemisphere points directly at the sun so the northern hemisphere is always in the sun and the southern hemisphere is always in the
0: dark typical dursley always talking about
2: uranus pointing at the sun
1: (laughs) exactly
2: There was a film that came out this year called Moonfall. Have you heard of this, Paul? Heard of Skyfall? Yeah, this is Moonfall. And it's by the director, Roland Emmerich.
1: Never (laughs) Never heard of him. Never heard of him.
2: He directed Independence Day. But in Moonfall, the concept of the film is the moon crashes into the Earth.
1: Well, that's totally rubbish because it's going the other way. The moon is actually getting further away from the Earth.
2: Yeah, but I hadn't finished.
1: (laughs) It turns out
2: that the moon is hollow and the inside is a Dyson sphere created by an alien AI that wants to kill us all. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Are you sure it's a Dyson Sphere?
2: Yeah, it, or it's a Moonson Sphere, but yes. An Electrolux or something? It's around a white dwarf sun, which is currently enclosed within the moon.
1: Oh, okay. Understood. Understood. <laughs> Understood. So what is a
0: Dyson Sphere, then? Because I only know the vacuum cleaner. It's probably relevant.
1: <laughs> well, it's one of those old vacuum cleaners that was a ball, if you remember, years ago. They used to hover. <laughs> huh? They used to hover. No, a Dyson, a Dyson Sphere is a hypothetical object that would surround a star and harvest the energy from that star so it is a scientifically accurate film then uh no but <laughs> it's a, I'm, I'm sure it's the wrong word it, it's more like a globus causus the Globus Calcus. Which is... The
0: globe made by cows.
1: Which is sort of making an object by mining the object itself and then cr- creating like a big sphere made out of the stuff from the inside. So that could be happening inside our very Earth.
2: Uh No. Are you going to go and see the film? No. Nope.
0: I just feel like you'd
2: end up shouting at the screen.
1: Why don't you take <laughs> me to see the film then?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. We should live stream Dursley watching Moonfall. That'd be <laughs> absolutely compelling entertainment. <laughs> We take a little night vision camera so we can see all his range of emotions from fury to anger to rage to love to passion to <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, <I'm not>
0: so <laughs> hungry for popcorn.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yes, I'll, I'll look at it. These films are usually utter rubbish. One of my
2: favourite bits from the trailer is where somebody is driving fast to get away from gravity, which <laughs> is trying to get it. They're like, the gravity is coming for us what? as the moon gets closer. To the earth. I recall a film I can't remember which one it is but uh,
0: the the sun is very hot in this and the dawn is rising mm-hmm. and a man runs from the dawn essentially mm-hmm. and uh, a reviewer calculated he was running at like 20,000 miles an hour or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: I received a text message this week. Oh, really? Pete, yeah. I'll play it for you if you'd like to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Okay. To be somewhere that's a bit dry, you know, you said there's less rainfall. No, 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 I like the rain. Oh, well, where are you going then? Well, in my research, I discovered that because of something called the Coriolis effect...
1: Coriolis It it swirls in the opposite direction. No, it doesn't. Why do people think there's fallacy? Everything.
2: It
1: all goes counterclockwise. Anti-clockwise. Well, so Jesus goes Right.
2: <laughs> I just want to say, I did say it in a sketch <laughs> where my character <laughs> is deliberately stupid and would get it wrong. So uh, you need you need to give me a little bit more detail. How did I get that wrong? I mean, obviously I got the the words wrong. Uh,
1: the Coriolis effect is in a spinning frame of reference. And of course, a spinning frame of reference is not an inertial frame because it's ac- constantly accelerating. It has this thing called a pseudo force, which is the Coriolis effect, which effectively generates winds around the Earth. But that, what that does mean, though,
2: is it does mean the water in your plug hole goes counterclockwise, right?
1: First of all, I do not accept the phrase counterclockwise.
2: Anti clockwise? I'm out paper for these marks of things got wrong. <laughs>
1: true.
2: Why, why does it make it go anti clockwise, though? It doesn't. I don't understand. Oh really? Is that a myth then?
1: Yes, it's a total fallacy.
2: Wait, seriously? Yeah. Because I'm really confused.
1: The whole thing is that it's it's a confidence trick or some, something dreamt up to fool gullible gullible people on the equator. Pete, did you know that?
0: Yeah, I did actually.
2: <laughs>
1: oh,
0: but only because I was as disappointed as you are now when I found that
2: out. <laughs>
1: The other one is balancing eggs. You're supposed to be able to balance eggs on the equator better. Sounds like a
0: scam to get more eggs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So now you're going to disappoint us by saying time doesn't go backwards in the Southern Hemisphere.
1: (laughs) Well, time will run at different rates. Not necessarily in the Northern and Southern Hemispheres, but it's to do with the strength of gravity, which will change the way that time passes. So we were right. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) But it won't go backwards.
2: Can I ask, Paul, would you join Pete's army, Northern Hemisphere (laughs) Army?
1: Well, the interesting thing is it has already happened, hasn't it? Has it? Basically, (laughs) all of the Southern Hemisphere was conquered by countries from the Northern Hemisphere. I suppose it was, anyway. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Ooh. To be strictly honest about it, you sort of think about all of the, the Inca empires and all of the empires in Southern
2: Africa were overrun. Is it possible that the South Pole could become the North Pole? It just sort of flips over one night. We all wake up and the South Pole's now the North Pole. Is
1: that a thing? Well, A, it's purely arbitrary and geographically it doesn't mean anything. Oh. Magnetically it happens. Oh. It happens it happens all the time. The magnetic North Pole becomes the magnetic south pole, and it's overdue, actually. Um hmm. they can work this out by the magnetization in the rocks, and you get basically you get stripes of This was when it was north. This was when it was south. And we do a flip at the moment. If it flips, will we have to change all
0: our maps and put the S's on the top and the N's on the bottom?
1: Well, first of all, that's the really stupid thing about science, isn't it? Because the north pole of a magnet points to the north, doesn't it? Yeah. But like poles repel. It's directing you to the north, though, not
0: saying this is north. Technically, it's called a north-seeking pole. I don't know what we're
1: talking about anymore. <laughs> well, if, if, you, if you had a magnetic north, yeah. the only thing that would be attracted to that is a magnetic south. A magnetic north would repel a magnetic north. But a north point of a compass points north. When we talk about it being magnetic,
2: do we mean like if there was a big giant metal rock that was in space flying past, would it be attracted to the Earth by that? Uh, yes. Is it like a big magnet?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, ah. it's just a magnet. And this is the other thing that you, uh, that you got wrong about the interaction of particles in the atmosphere. It's not in the atmosphere, it's with the mag- Earth's magnetic field.
2: Oh, so this is to do with the Northern Lights
1: now? Which is to do, yeah, with the Northern Lights. And so what did I get wrong there? Uh, you said it was an interaction with the atmosphere. He also said it was a giant green walrus, though so <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think the giant green walrus is probably a more accurate description <laughs> so
2: talking of the northern lights, what did you think of those legends? Did any of those stand out for you were, there, were any of those where you thought like yeah, I could get behind one of those as a as a myth
1: well, I think all of them are because you know it's it's the it's the thing about how with somebody without a science who being human needs to explain things how would you create a story yeah. to reference for, to reference what you're seeing uh yeah so but kicking a
2: walrus head around a snowfield that was a stretch that one wasn't it the red at least had fire or glow involved uh, it does beg the question though are walrus heads especially round because i would have thought those big tusks that they have would make it a fairly dangerous thing to be kicking nothing about the war strikes me as footballable i think they take the tusks out for goalposts oh that makes sense (laughs) it's a ball and goalposts (laughs) all in one one. it's a kit
1: So let's talk magic. Do we have to? It doesn't exist.
0: I know you're a big fan of David Copperfield and the like.
1: Barkis is willing. Well, that's a David Copperfield reference. Oh, Oh.
2: as in literature. Charles Dickens. That's what he's done. Yes.
1: Sorry, but if someone says David Copperfield, the thing I I immediately think of is the book. You don't think of the man flying in front of the audience? Uh, no, I, I might then think of some a fake made-up magician. David Copperfield, he made the Eiffel Tower disappear, didn't he?
2: No, he didn't. I thought it was the Statue of Liberty, actually. Maybe do both. Probably. If you can make wonders
0: if you can make the Arthur Tower display you could probably apply that to other monuments, couldn't you?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you just use the same mirrored box that he used. But that's the whole point, isn't it? I i cannot watch a magic show because the thing is, I'm constantly trying to work out how it's done. No, isn't the point to be trying to sort of work it yeah, out? Yeah, right?
2: I like Everyone's sitting that... there going, well, I think I know what he's doing there. Watch his hands.
1: And then you still don't know it. And you're like,
2: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, but then I, so I'm, I'm the sort of one who stands up and says, well, actually, you've held it that way so the water goes one way and when, the water, when you hold it the other way, the water goes the other way. That's how you've done it. They call him the spoiler. <laughs> I it.
2: <laughs> yeah. talking of uh, of magicians though we mentioned the name houdini but I, I didn't bring him up into the conversation i wanted to talk about uh, those other escapologists well one of them wasn't well he was for a while he was for a while he's <laughs> <laughs> <is> so harsh <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't an escapologist <laughs> It wasn't until that last trick. He <laughs> was 99% an escapologist. Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Chris Angel. Chris Angel was in the news this week for having been lying down on top of broken glass and having a steamroller roll over him. I don't know if you saw that. Nope. But he survived that this week. I mean, right. that was, he's accident-prone, this guy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to talk about Houdini, but I didn't want to talk about it in the episode because, I, you know, I feel like Houdini's kind of talked about an awful lot. I wanted lot to talk publicity. about some of the some of the other guys. So, uh, but I did find some interesting facts about Houdini that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, now, I know, P.T., you're a Houdini fan. I am. You are, and you know quite a fair a bit about Houdini. I do. So I'm gonna tell you some facts and see whether you knew these things. Okay, try me. Alright. So obviously you'll know that his real name is not Harry Houdini. Correct. He was born Eric Weiss. Uh he had a fascination with the work of the French conjurer, Jean Eugene Robert Houdin. Which is where he took the name from. In the eighteen nineties, he just put an "i" at the end of Houdini and became Houdini. I didn't know that. He interesting though. He later accused Houdini of stealing other magician's tricks. So his little childhood hero, he then went on and wrote a book about in nineteen oh eight called "The Unmasking of Robert Houdini." Oh, no. He called him a fraud who said who waxed great on the brainwork of others. But one of the other things that I found about Houdini, and I didn't know this, um, September 1911, Houdini is in Boston and some local businessmen approach him and say, we want you to try and do this big trick. Will you escape from a sea monster? And he goes, sure, because <laughs> why not? <laughs> right? So on in the harbour, this giant creature had washed up on the shore, dead. It was £1,500. Nobody really knew what it was. Historians aren't sure whether it was like a whale, maybe, or maybe like a giant... Leatherback turtle or something. Walrus
1: could be a giant so, walrus. So that's three quarters of a ton. So it wasn't that big. Big enough that he
2: was able to get inside it. So he was handcuffed, shackled in leg irons, and wedged inside this dead <laughs> dead creature. And uh, the monster itself was then covered in chains and placed behind a curtain. Uh, Houdini emerged 15 minutes later, but admitted that he nearly died, uh, having nearly suffocated by the fumes from the chemicals they used to embalm the animal. (laughs) How about that? Houdini escaped from a sea monster. I would imagine, whilst embedded in the
0: carcass of a walrus, (laughs) decaying creature, (laughs) handcuffed, wriggling around thinking... I made a lot of choices in my life that led me to this place. (laughs) I could have been an accountant.
2: Let's end this section with your favourite magical word or phrase. Pete, what's yours? Well, my mother taught me my favourite magic word, which is
1: please. Gah! Creep. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Paul? What what did what did Ali Bongo used to say? What did Ali Bongo used to say?
2: I'm gonna turn what did Ali Bongo say into a song.
1: What did Ali but, Bongo
2: say? But what did, did Ali Bongo say? say?
1: What did what 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 did Ali Bongo say? You know Ali Bongo, he was an Englishman uh, who dressed up as a. An Put it this way,
0: his outfit would not fly today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With big
0: curly shoes. Yeah, I mean, everything about this is pretty bad. <laughs> Looking at his Wikipedia page, history happened everywhere. Pete, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> this is this is uh, rough stuff. Let me tell
1: you. Okay. No, but it wasn't then. It really wasn't. He was a children's entertainer. Yeah, he was known as the Shriek of Araby. <laughs> yes. And yet he
0: has a sort of Fu Manchu mustache and a kind of a sultanate headgear. It is something of a cult- cultural mashup, let's say that. But what did Ali Bongo and, say? What did Ali Bongo say? Well, <laughs> oh, he was cremated in 2009. Didn't come back from that.
1: <laughs> Not well, yet. But- uh, is, can you try Ali Bongo catchphrase
0: among his later magic catchphrases were uju buju suck another juju <laughs> <laughs> Aldi borati fostico formio and hocus pocus Fishbones chocus that one <laughs> the original characters had sung a song which began my name is Ali Bongo and I come from pongo pong tiddly pongo land
2: there's nothing wrong with
0: that that's fine <laughs> That's Pop on a tweet, fly that out tonight, see where we end up by the morning.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> come on then, what was your favourite then, Paul? pom <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
0: have one final magical fact for you. Okay. Which is that when a magician dies, they hold a broken wand ceremony for him. Oh, or yes. her. Uh, wherein they break the wand to suggest that with the passing of the magician, the wand has lost its magic. This was a practice that started with the death of Harry Houdini. Ah, did he have a wand? Uh, no, if they didn't use a wand, it was a
2: symbolic wand. But if okay. they had a wand, they would use that. I feel like breaking a magician's wand should be like you're being banished from the circle. Ooh, Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, sort of not, shunned, snap that exactly. Bit, you're, you're gone. You're out. Yeah, that's no true. more magic good. for you.
0: Anyway, magically, let us move on to the next stage. Okay. Judge Dursley, are you ready to pronounce your verdict?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Will the defendant please rise? Your Honour, we will, as ever, start proceedings to ask your verdict on factual content. <laughs>
2: <laughs> D plus. I think that is outrageous. That feels harsh. It, OK, but okay, okay the judge. D then. Thank <laughs> you. I'll take a D. <laughs> Wait, no, wait. You said D+. plus. Yes. You just talked me down to a D. Yeah.
0: See, that's what happens if you're trying to interfere with the wheels of justice, Ryan. Okay, and can I get your judgment on the entertainment value of the piece?
1: Well, I, I suppose in a sense of it was so bad, it was quite entertaining. B-. minus. I'm, at this point, I'm getting abused. <laughs> this
0: is not fair. Well, everything could come back with Dursley Factor. So judge dursley on the matter of dursley factor uh, what is your grade
1: it was all over the place ryan um c minus
0: yeah um you might have a rough idea of the direction of travel so far <laughs> yeah you do have an opportunity to enter your plea if you choose to do so please make your plea now yeah
2: uh, may i approach the bench
1: uh, yes but approach backwards and bend over
2: <laughs> I'll stay where I am your honour I'd like to say that I recognise in uh, the last episode of the verdict you said do not make it a magazine style <laughs> <to> scattergun <laughs> series of mini, mini stories uh, I know I did not follow that guidance but I have done my damnedest my best to entertain to bring knowledge to people please bear this in mind and show some compassion to me, please. Thank
0: you. You can't see, Your Honour, but he is weeping at this stage. Tears are running freely down his face. OK. So, Your Honour, the defendant stands before you, a broken man. <laughs> Have you reached a verdict? Yes. So I would ask most respectfully
2: for your ruling. D+. Plus can't say anything because he'll just make it a D. (laughs) This is what happens in the Kafkaesque nightmare that is the judge's courtroom. All I can say is that the audience is not going to like this.
0: I think they should write in and let the judge know how they feel about this tragedy, this miscarriage of justice.
1: Do you think I care?
0: (laughs) His little face is opposite me. He's shaking his head.
1: I don't know why I bother. (laughs) I don't know why I bother. What is the point? (laughs) i told you you were gonna get you were gonna get slaughtered this week
0: (laughs) so i think it's time to look forward rather than back and think about the next episode yep special episode ryan Episode 50. Episode 50, uh, where I will be attempting to talk to you about the 50th country alphabetically in Europe on the topic of
2: 50. Yeah. Have you, and the by period... the way,
1: have you voided the warranty on my randomizer?
2: Uh, yeah, I did crack open the back of it. Why? You can barely
0: see the marks. It's a very good job he did, I think. Actually, in fairness,
1: why didn't you just make it up?
2: Yeah, now you mention it, yeah, (laughs) that would have been better. I made a real mess of it. (laughs) I've got a whole load of pieces left over. Yeah, I don't know where they go. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be on the
0: subject of fifty for the rest of the show forever. (laughs) So that's going to be a very special one. I'm looking forward very much to what goes on. I can say no more. It's all very hush hush. Super um, stuff. Indeed, but do tune in. You want to listen to what we get up to because it's going to be fun, fun, fun.
1: I could guess that you'll get a better grade than Ryan.
0: <sighs> I'm sitting here with crossed arms. <laughs> <laughs> So let's look forward. That is our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch about any of the things, the topics, the miscarriages of justice we've discussed on the show, <laughs> uh, you can reach out to us on social media through our website at
2: hhepodcast.com or email and ryan at hhepodcast.com yep. subject line, grrrr! Indeed. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And you never know, you might end up featured on a future show especially if you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your recommendation can really help bring the show to new listeners and that's what we like. If you're on the social medias like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter
0: you can find us at HHE Podcast and if you subscribe to them you'll get a little ping every time we post a one minute animated HHE which is quite fun. We'll be back obviously with the next episode soon but in the meantime if you can't get enough I wouldn't blame you. Check out the back catalogue of episodes in your podcast app YouTube or again the website HHEpodcast.com. So a huge thank you to the judge. Thank you Paul. My pleasure. A huge thank you to Ryan. I think it was excellent regardless of what certain judges might say. Thanks Pete. And that's it. I guess all that's left to say is, what did Ali Bongo say?
2: (laughs) 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 You've been listening to...
0: Right guys, I hate to love and leave you, but I do have an appointment, so I've got to be off.